and you thought vinyl left. You're listening to the Vinyl Community Podcasts. Everything vinyl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Vinyl Community Podcast. I'm your host today, Rob, from the YouTube channel Northern Revolutions. And I'm joined today by my buddy, your buddy, everybody's buddy, concert buddy. How you doing, pal? I'm great, Rob. How are you doing, pal? I am doing very well. Awesome. Chance and I have got together today. We thought we would have a formalized discussion about uh, an artist that we have a shared admiration for, um, a musician that uh, we both think is pretty damn good and, and maybe isn't as well known as she probably should be. And, you know, we have talked about her amongst ourselves but thought you know what let's let's use the platform of youtube and the podcast to uh, to bring some other folks into the discussion and, and inform them of of a great artist and that artist is none other than grace potter a um rock and roll singer songwriter from vermont um probably about the best way to describe her i think um She's had a career that goes back to the early aughts. I say probably 2005 um, and just released a new album a couple months ago entitled Mother Road. So we're going to have a wide ranging discussion. Chance, what's your uh, what's your what's your thoughts on Grace Potter? How did you initially discover her or what what drew you to her or her and the nocturnals yeah that's a great question um so kind of level set and i'm going to probably get some dates wrong so I, I apologize in advance you know i did have covid last year so it kind of messed with my uh, memory but I'll, I'll say uh probably about 2011 i went on this journey to go to some of the bigger music festivals in in the united states uh, one of which was Bonnaroo, which is down in uh, Tennessee, one of which is Lollapalooza in Chicago, et cetera. And in that study of trying to learn new music, people who I should check out, you know, I went online, did some deep dives of emerging artists and people on the know and et cetera. And I kept seeing Grace Potter and the Nocturnals come up. So the first of those festivals was Bonnaroo in Manchester, Tennessee. And I think that day, if memory serves, they they premiered they played the opening set of like the opening day or maybe the opening opening set of that friday because it starts thursday through sunday and blew me away the energy the songs the the showmanship the dynamic between the band and again i didn't know anything other than it was called grace potter and the nocturnals they had like this faux line uh tiger <laughs> on the stage too. So I mean, all these kind of things, I might have had a few libations too. So it probably helped to grease the wheel of uh, right. situation. Yeah. Right. But, sure. um, but anyway, I, I left that set, you know, these festivals, maybe an hour. I was really impressed. So fast forward to a few months later in Chicago at, at Lollapalooza playing again, same kind of thing. One of the early uh, sets on the main stage, same kind of thing. Cause you know, sometimes you like oh, you get a misread, right? Wow. Really good. You see him again. No, cooked it. Band was on all cylinders. So then that made me want to really start deep diving. Now, this didn't influence my in, in opinion, but it kind of did. I'm going to be honest. Double talk. 
she did like a meet and greet at Lollapalooza. So I was like, hey, yeah, I got to meet this artist. And she was super cool, signed my CD. I think she even touched my hand. So it might probably meant more to her than me. Honestly, I get that a lot. But <laughs> I mean, as somebody who has yet to meet you, I, I can't wait for the day. Yeah, it's the golden touch, right? But no, That's I mean, great. she was very hospitable. Um, you know, it was just like one of those just usual, like, bring your thing, sign it, until a great set, etc. So I go home and then I just deep dive. And that's where I, I think at, at that point they were touring on, was it the, oh boy, I should know it. What's the that album? Would be, that would be the self-titled one if it was around 2011. Yeah, I want to say it was the, the album. It was right between the album between, it was between Lion, Beast, and Beat. It what was the album before that when you got the self-titled one, the self-titled. Yeah. So it was right in that area. And that's why the, like the tiger on the stage on, on top of the keyboard and everything made sense when that album came out. So anyway, right. a real, and I'm just going to say this, but since I've been following her since probably the creative Xena so far, at least of the catalog that I enjoy. And I know you'll get into kind of like your history with her and, and, and the, pre- the previous stuff, but yeah, I kind of got in right at that point where it was red hot. And we'll kind of get into this with the nocturnals kind of falling by the wayside, the solo stuff, et cetera. But that was my indoctrination into the artist, the catalog. And I was just blown away. And then, you know, obviously from that point, she collaborated with, or she performed with Rolling Stones, collaborated with Kenny Chesney. I even saw she's on stage with Robert Plant. I mean, she really made the rounds, right? She does a lot of stuff with government mule. She's good friends with Warren Haynes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, impressed from jump street, uh, I couldn't, I mean, and obviously we like vinyl. It goes without saying. Of course. And it, and it helped that those albums were on vinyl. So I was already a fan from that. I mean, just for a point of reference, Lion, Beast, and the Beat was so hot on my turntable that it made the needle skip. It Partly it was where my speakers were, you know, I know more right. now. Yeah. But I would play it and I'm like, why does this record keep skipping? And it's because like literally it was, it was cut hot that it's, you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, man, this is some cool shit. Yep. Anyway, Yep. Well, uh, before I, before I delve into my exposure to that, I mean it, it's kind of a somewhat similar thing. Um, for folks that have not heard of Grace Potter or Grace Potter and the Nocturnals, which uh, fairly common, not a lot of folks have. Um, I would describe her as a, and feel free to throw your your spice into the mix here, but. Um, Singer songwriter, uh, incredible stage presence, powerful singer. Yes, um, I sort of, uh, to me, she kind of reminds me of like a, a sexy Janice Joplin or Grace Slick. Sure, I, I, I was think thinking that, like a, it was almost like if you did a lab experiment. Mm. You got Janice Joplin, little Grace Slick, little Tina Turner, because you know yeah. she she'd wear the legs, especially, yeah, especially yeah. the legs, right? Yeah, she, yeah. she wasn't ashamed, right? And that more power to it. Really, that stage persona, that stage presence. And so I could see a lot of different kind of influences into not only her music, but yeah, even the stage performance. Like right. there's a lot of cues. And and I mentioned so she did uh, her her original solo record which is uh virtually impossible to find it's this here called original soul which was a self-released cd in 2004 okay. uh but then the nocturnals formed it was her matt burr the drummer scott tournay the guitar player and brian donderell the original bass player they formed the nocturnals in vermont and they're 
I kind of like to think of them as like a kind of a seventies flavored blues rock band. Right. Which I love. Like if it's not, yeah. I mean, there's been bands over the years, be it silver, you know, anything I had kind of that black crows kind of throwback yeah. vibe. Right. Like I just right. really, I really am drawn to, especially when yes. they do it well, like you have a band yeah. now like dirty honey. Yeah. That has that kind of flavor. Yeah. Who I like, but I've liked other bands better. Grace Potter yeah. being a perfect example of that. And I'm exactly the same way. I love that throwback as well. And I still think the Nocturnals did it better than anyone I've ever heard before. I think that's my opinion. Sure, they did. Uh, they did four studio albums. They did a, a I think, uh, three EPs that I can think of. They and then they self. They started to self-release some live stuff, but only one was actually released. And then the band broke up, and, and Grace went solo. Um, but it's it, there's a commonality in the music all the way through, mm-hmm. um, and we'll speak to the with the nocturnals and the and the after the nocturnals at some point in this discussion. But yeah. how I got into Grace Potter hadn't heard of her. Um, I'm in Canada. She doesn't tour Canada very often. In fact, in the 13 years I've been a fan, she's been here twice. So, um, I think she hates I, Canadians. Secretly. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Well, listen, listen, she's in Vermont, right? I mean, that's where she's right. from. She gets her maple syrup probably. I think she's jealous there. that our maple syrup is better. I that's think it. That's, that's got to be it. That's the only that's explanation. So I hadn't heard of her. I was uh, on YouTube, not as a content creator as I am now, but it's just as a spectator and watching music videos as I do. And there was a, used to be a radio station in Vancouver called shore FM. I don't know if they're still around, but they would have artists in studio doing live performances. And I happen to be watching a live performance of an artist who I happen to be friends with a Canadian uh, singer songwriter individual. Um, And I watched that video in, she came up in the suggested, you know, like, you know, yeah. the ones in the side panel that if you like this, you might like this. And it was, it was her with the nocturnals in studio at, at Shar FM, just doing an acoustic version of Paris. Ooh, la, la. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on it because she's an attractive woman and mm-hmm. I kind of, and not, not to be superficial, but I'm like, you know, you're, I'm, I'm curious. And I was hooked from literally the first note. Her voice, I just went, holy crap. Uh-huh. And then I did what you did. I did. I, I went down the rabbit hole. And it was around the same time, because if she was playing Paris Ooh La La, that was from the self-titled uh-huh. uh, album, which was the Nocturnal's second-to-last album. So that would be 2011, probably. But I did what you did. I, I, I went down Both the rabbit been, hole, yeah. yes. and uh, I bought it. everything that had been released to that point, and I bought everything since then. Even the the hard to find stuff, and um, have been a a diehard fan since I did get to see her on the Lion, the Beast, the Beat tour, which was yep. the last Nocturnals tour. She came to Toronto and they played the Danforth Music Hall, and that was one of the loudest concerts I have really? ever been to. And I mean, I've seen like you know Ozzy Osbourne, and this was louder. It was wow. It, you saw her outside, I assume. They were outdoor venues, Bonnaroo. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, and I've seen her inside, too, but yeah, I know what you mean. I saw her at a concert theater, and, and I was at the back, and my ears were just destroyed. Look. And uh, I came out of that show just blown away. And so I said, 
I got, I got to meet this woman. So I stood outside by the bus, me and about four other people. And we waited about 45 minutes. And sure enough, her and the band came out. Nice. And she was the nicest person. Not only would, you know, sign an RF, take a picture. She must have stood out there for 15 minutes with the three or four of us there talking about the show and had a great conversation with Scott Ternay, his guitar, or her guitar player. Because mm-hmm. I had a heritage guitar shirt on, and because I'm a bit of a guitar guy, and it was just a great experience. It was it was awesome. So uh, what a what a hell of a band, what a hell of a performer, and uh, that was that was kind of how I got there. But well, speaking um, of the time with the Nocturnals, wasn't there another? <laughs> at least the first t- couple times I saw him, wasn't there another lady in the band? What, what was yeah, the role? yeah. So Brian Dondra, who was the original bass player, he left for one reason or another. And on the self-titled album, he was replaced by Catherine Popper, who was the bass player. She went on to play with Jack White. She left Grace Potter to go play. Oh, so she played when he did the all-female backing band? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then she was replaced on the Lion, the Beast, the Beat tour with Michael Michael Liebermento, the guy that had the big fro. Oh, okay. He was awesome. He was awesome. So, yeah, there there was a couple lineup changes with their bass player, but the rest of the band – Benny Yurko was the other guitar player. Just that band was just they were they were a live band. I mean, they were great in the studio. Sure. But to hear them play like they were a band that just thrived on stage. Just thrived on stage. They were I've said before, I think that that band is an example where the sum is greater than the parts. I just they were they were absolutely incredible. not not to not to knock her solo stuff, but that band was just like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, well, even think about and and tell me if you haven't seen this, but there was that that uh, show Daisy Jones and the Six that came out yes. last year. Loved I, it. I got to be honest. I know people make the Fleetwood Mac parallels, Fleetwood Mac thing. right? And I, I get some Grace Potter parallels too. No, agreed. Because yeah. you know, like I said, you had like the two females, you had the female front woman, um, you know, like obviously some internal strife in the band and and and, and so forth. Um, and I think like, there was some of that in the nocturnals, but that's oh, not, exactly. and, not and for I you think, or an eye to, to pass. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all for like, you know, the dirt sheets. But but right. no, I, I think that that it's interesting leaning in on that show for a second, the dynamic of having such, such, such creative strength, but also such interpersonal um, turmoil or strife or whatever you want to say creates really great art, right? It's like the flame burns the brightest, but it also burns yes. out, right? And I think that between, and we'll just kind of talk, I mean, she was married to Matt Burr, the drummer, really right? So, and without knowing that whole dynamic, but, you know, you, you've got that dynamic, you've got... I met him and he was super nice too. Sure, sure. And and, and Really tall. <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe he was too tall, but, but no. Um, but, you know, whatever was going on in the inner workings of the band definitely created, and maybe it played out on stage like you're talking about, just a red hot live show, um, the music and and I, and one thing I'll credit her for. I mean, she writes her own stuff, yeah. which is not ever very common anymore. You know what not I mean? There's, there, there are so many ghost writers, and yeah. you know the studios prefer if like they set you with your people, and that's something that's really a strength of hers. And even I mean, she even said it recently when she's out promoting the new album Mother Road. Like you know, yeah, that was a, that was part of my career, but I st- I still wrote those songs. Like I'll, and she performs them live. You know what yeah, I mean? She so those are her songs that she should, right? Yeah, yeah. You make a you make an interesting point, and I think it's 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 worth having a discussion on. So she did do four albums with the Nocturnals, and when 
But she went into the studio to do their fifth album, which was this album here, which was released as Midnight, Midnight. Mm-hmm. as a solo album. The Nocturnals are all on this record. Oh, okay. If you read, if you read the credits, you read the liners. Okay. What happened? Um, based on interviews I've read, um, she wanted this to be a solo record because it was more of a pop record. Pop, and, sure. yeah. You know, I felt it was a little overproduced. It wasn't. So I see why she maybe wanted a distinction from the Nocturnals, and I, I don't think that maybe sat well with the band and the band did break up as a result of that. And I remember some social media posts from certain members of the band um, expressing that, you know, maybe it wasn't the most harmonious of partings, but yeah, as they never are, right. It's very rare that you have the band, everyone walks away and smiles. I mean, but uh, what ultimately happened is she divorced Matt Burr, her drummer and married the guy that produced this record. Eric Valentine. I don't want to air their dirty laundry, but that's an interesting sort of demarcation point in, in the history of Grace Potter. Right, a pivot point for sure. The music changed. Yeah. And, and there's a, there is a difference between the Nocturnal's music and the music that came after. And she has openly talked about the journey that she's been on on her three post nocturnals records and i think mother road really kind of brings it back to almost where it was before and it's been kind of an interesting the one that came after midnight which was ironically called daylight (laughs) it's kind of a a bluesy kind of introspective sort of her coming to grips with kind of what happened and then mother road is kind of a uh uh I would say return to form, I think, but you got any thoughts on, on sort of that, that journey? No, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I'll say that, yeah, I, I didn't know the, the midnights and I didn't know the back of me. I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, to your point, when I, when I got midnight again on vinyl, again, salute, all these albums have been on vinyl, except the first one you showed, right. I think um, even, even some of the side stuff they did, like they, they were always champion of record store day. Yeah. And they had like, or I think it was recording from like Sun Studios. I have that one. They, they, they did a couple of one-offs, but um, I'm kind of getting off topic. Yeah, there you go. Grace Potter and I heard live from Sun Studio. Exactly. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It really cooks. Um, no, I agree. I think Midnight was a very poppy album. Um, I did see her tour on that cycle. And it was it was definitely, a, a, and not even a departure. This is different, right? Like an evolution. Um, right. You know what I mean? Because there was still... I mean, obviously, on tour, still played a lot of the knock stuff. Um, well, because that's the when you've got one album of solo stuff and four albums, you're gonna play right, that, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. People, and people want to hear that too. Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 I appreciate it because sometimes you see uh, when there's a band split like this, and you go to that first show after it's heavy on the new stuff. Yeah, and I think she did at least when I saw her did a nice job of balancing that out. But also, I mean, I enjoyed the songs on Midnight. It was just different, right? Yeah. Like a lot of bands will do this, and I appreciate that because you don't want to just do formula, formula, formula. Of course. Um, now, Daylight for me, I found a little bit softer. Yet yeah, to your point, um, it was a continued evolution of her sound. Um, I personally like Midnight a little bit better, and then I like Mother Road better than all three. To be honest, we'll talk I'm about with you. Daylight um, to me, it was nominated for a Grammy for Rock Album of the. I don't know it was Rock Album, but Album of the Year of some. Flavor. It's a nice album. Yeah, it's a nice it's album. Nice. 
but 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 is it something that like if I was if I was somebody new who heard one of her songs on the radio and said where can I get more I would not point them at that album to start. No, I'd start I wouldn't. Knox. I'd even say jump we're, we're going to come back to that question towards the end here. So <laughs> yeah, we're, but we're no, I, folks, we'll talk. But about the, yeah, to answer your question, I agree with I, the way you charted out. I definitely agree with it. I think that Midnight was a lot popular, which I'm down with. I like a good pop yeah. album. Um, and then Daylight kind of took it. And, and it's not, it's, it's, it's not a pop album. It, it, it's a rock album that has some pop flourishes. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not like she was trying to get in that Britney Spears. Right. Not that way anymore. It, was, it was just, it was just, it was her. It was that same energy. The energy never changed. Cause I remember that, that right. tour and she was still on fire, still on stage. Oh, yeah cooking it i mean and, and she's a multi-instrumentalist too right yeah. like she, she, she plays guitar hammond b3 right keys. right yeah, yeah very talented musician on top yeah. of it and, and and plus one thing i really enjoy about her she's i think she i think she still plays it is the gibson flying v that's like one of the sexiest she guitars does, here, right? they made a signature model of that exactly I, yeah i so, wanted I mean, to buy i wanted to buy one but there's a lot of my price range <laughs> but yeah no i agree I, original question yeah I, I agree i think i the same path I, I kind of felt that as a fan too here in the States. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it, it, what do I prefer? It's hard to say. Cause it's, while it's the same person that has written all those songs, they're two very different entities, you know, the, her soul, it's still her voice. They're still her words. Yeah. I, I, I think I got to lean to the nocturnal stuff just because I think some of the, obviously there's a, a larger depth of material there. There's a few more albums there, but I thought the songs were a little bit better and they were sort of rooted more in that classic rock blues rock kind of thing where the, the, the solo stuff is not, it, it, it's, it's a little more, you know, her kind of finding her way. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Nocturnals fan, but having said that mother road, which is the new record, which looks like this, this is the autographed copy. Did you get That's the signed one? I did not get the signed one. No, look at here, Here's why it's not, it's not that uh, I'm, you know, anti grace pot or anything like that. It was more of, I just have so much trouble ordering those things and they come damaged. Because yeah. they're usually fulfilled by like merch centers and and and, that's and sort of as with this, yes, yeah. And so I was just like, you know what? If if I can get like a signed one at a show, I'd rather do that. Sure. Um, but no, I, I actually I ordered from a web store because if yeah. it's damaged and it's you know from the web store, I can work on a return. But when it's autographed, it's a one of one. You know what I mean? So yep. that, that's not coming back. Anyway, that's why I didn't get the autograph one. I have a ton of Grace Potter autographs. I got one on my wall. I got a few more on my desk. But I'm like. For an extra five bucks, I'm going to order the autograph. Oh no, I told yeah, I'm with you. I agree. I think I must have a dozen Grace Potter autographs kicking around. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, what was your thoughts on the new record? Yeah, no, I, I uh, you said it earlier, and I'm going to borrow it again. It returned to form in yeah. the sense that, um, you know, the first couple singles, I wasn't exactly sure. I was hoping that's what was coming um, because the title track. So the way that the album sequenced, I found very interesting because it started off with the title track. Yeah. And it's a solid song. Absolutely. But to me, to me, and again, I'm not, uh, this is Monday morning quarterbacking it. Um, I would have started with like Ready, Set, Go, which is the third track. Yeah. Because it's just like straight fire. And even something like Good Time. Like those two songs, I think, if you're looking for like a lead single, I would have thought those are more the formula or the hook than Mother Road. And, and I appreciate the theme of the album. 
Um, and in fact, when I saw her uh, just like a month or two ago, it was the first. It was interesting. I saw she was coming to town months ago, and she was playing like a local, um, you know, outside amphitheater. Had it on my calendar. Then I happened to notice that just up from where I was living at the time, um, there's a, a, a place. It's a it's a local brewery, and they do a music. They do like a festival every year, and they actually have like national acts. And I saw Grace Potter was playing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting because. I thought she was also playing this this amphitheater. So I guess they rescheduled it for whatever reason. So it was the same gig. Cool. Well, it makes more sense once I got to really start kind of learning about her thought process on the album being Mother Road and not to, you know, steal some of what I read, but more of, you know, it's a talk about, you know, really reconnecting with like those road trips. And it really, the you know, because she spends part of her time in Vermont, part of her time in, in California. Yeah. And um, she was really big on like Route 66, which is a yeah. big highway that stretches across the country here. And so come to find out, and this is true, is where this brewery is, is right off Route 66. So it, it all made sense. She kind of made some comments during the performance of, of why this was. And again, matter of fact, the performance was supposed to be on a Saturday night, torrential rain. Like, you know, like it basically canceled it. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not gonna be able to see her for whatever reason, the way they had their schedule is, I guess it was an off day. And so she rescheduled and performed like first thing that next, next, next day, which is great. So I got to, I got to, I didn't get to see the whole show. I, I showed up about a little early in, but um, it was exactly like I remember her other performances. I mean, this high energy, great, uh, great skills and, and performance. Um, she had obviously new people in the band that I remember from the last time when I saw her in Midnight's. Um, but yeah, no, the album, I think, is again beating this up return to form but also i think and i'm not challenging authenticity on the other two albums but i really think this is who she is i think it's she's a rocker yeah she she's unapologetic even if you listen to some of the interviews she's given over the years and and i think this is more her for lack of a word natural state i think so you know what i mean because i think if you're an artist and you can kind of go into studio and and, you know, an engineer can have a lot of, or a master can, a producer can have a lot of influence on a lot of different areas. And I'm not saying that's what happened on the other two albums, but listen to this album, which I also think was produced by Eric Valentine. I'm pretty it sure. Was. All three of her soul have. Yeah. All right. So, so, so I can't necessarily attribute it. If she's got the same producer on all three, it's probably not that, but I just feel like this was more of an album and, and the inspiration felt, you know, like something I could identify with because I'm from the middle part of America and Route 66 is literally up the street, all that. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I was, like I said, the first Mother Road being the lead single, I wasn't sure what to make of it. And it was only when I think before the album right came out, they dropped a couple other of the singles. They've already had pre-canned videos, which I thought was smart. Yep. Um, and I like those honestly more. So when I would, when I heard them live, because then, then you have the next mix, next mix, how do they play live? And it was it was very similar to like the knock songs, very similar to like the stuff I liked the solo, flowed real well. Um, so I enjoyed it, and I was glad that she's at least for this time being kind of centered in this kind of lane. To borrow a phrase, I, I just made that up. It wasn't mm. anything about you know highways or whatever, but no. In all seriousness, I, I centered more in this direction because I think it's her strong suit. I think yeah. it highlights her strong voice, her musicianship. It's it's you know the themes of her songs. Um, it just, just feels like more, and as a fan, more what I identify her with. What, what Same, here. Same here. I think, uh, I think what makes this a good record is 
she has found herself again and she's used the other records to work through her own personal turmoil. I mean, she, she blew up her life. She blew up her marriage. She blew up her band. She blew up her life. For whatever those motivations were, that's not for your eye to say, but that's what happened when she decided. That's, reality. that's, that's what happened, yeah. When she decided the nocturnals are no more, I'm going this way, and my marriage is over. Her whole life blew up. Of course. And part of that's in the public eye because she's a public figure. And, and you know, she, she's – and a lot of the stuff that's on Daylight is her wrestling with, you know – what she did to Matt and what she did to herself and what does it mean with her new significant and all this kind of stuff. And she worked through all that crap. And now she's at a place where she can be herself again. And she's got her new normal and whatever. And the music, well, she's, and she's a mother, and, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a different life. It's sure. a, a different life. You know, now right. she's trying to juggle uh, being a wife, being a mother, being a, a rock star. It feels things. like she's found her way through the turmoil to a place where she wants to be now. Yeah, I think, think, that's I think what's the analogy? Like once the storm settles and you can kind of see, you know, and I think that's truly what this is, is that, you know, not to say that those years were bad or tumultuous or whatever, but working through some things, also kind of finding a, her next direction yeah. for her career and from a songwriting, from a song production level. And it's very, it, oddly enough, it's very similar where she's kind of, got back in that lane of I'm a badass songwriter. I'm a badass on the stage. I'm a badass guitar player. Like, I'm a badass. That's, that's bottom line. Not to say she didn't think she was before, but right. just like I'm owning it. I'm, I'm confident in my own skin. This is what I'm going to do. And this is, this is the type of album thematically that I want to put out there. And I'm all for it. Like, give me the spoon. I'm ready yep. for it. I got to be honest. Um, I only followed, followed her down the path of, of midnight and daylight because I was a fan of her work she did before. Sure. Not a big fan of either of those two albums, but it's not that I felt a sense of loyalty, but I loved what she had done before so much. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy these, give them a chance. And, you know, I don't listen to either. I mean, I listen to Midnight's occasionally. I never listen to Daylight. Um, and I just, you know, this was kind of like Mother Road for me. It was kind of like, well, wasn't a big fan of the last two. If this Perfect. one doesn't amount to either, I'm going to get off this train. But it delivered, and I love it, and I'm still a Grace Potter fan because of it. I mean, you're not going to like everything that every band puts out, right? Of course, of course, of course. But, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about before, if you had somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I just heard this song from Grace Potter, oh, and you start talking, yeah, I really enjoy her, blah, blah, blah. To me, if I was going to recommend somebody jump in, well, that was going to be my question. Where do you start? Where, yeah, where, well, would you tell, where would you tell someone to jump in? I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too reluctant to say just jump into the new stuff because she's touring on it. If you can catch her live, even better, it reinforces these these kind of things we're talking about from her stage presence and persona and her songwriting, all the things we're talking about, and it's contemporary, right? It's it's fresh. It, it's 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 her, but it's the new. Oh, it's new her. That sounds ridiculous. It, it's it's just finding her lane. I'm gonna go back to that kind of analogy. Finding her finding her lane in her own terms, in her own vehicle. She's driving, and 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 so anyway, yeah. The nocturnal stuff, smoke. It is fire. It is great. It is some of the best songwriting, particularly in that. Like you're talking about that 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 you know because oh rock and roll is dead and stuff. It's definitely uh, not as it's not the forefront of pop culture anymore, 
But that is, I mean, if you want all the things we're talking about when it comes to rock and roll, turmoil, <laughs> great songs, dynamic uh, stage performance, loudness, like you're talking about that show you went to. I mean, the Knox had it. And not to say Grace doesn't have it now. It's just, it's evolved, right? Um, so, I, yeah, if somebody was like, yeah, what do you think of the new album? I said, jam it. Because... You're gonna you're gonna hear all those cues and things that I like. Sounds like you like too, Rob. Yeah. Um, that made us fans in the first place, and it re- not only reinforces that fandom, like you said, and, and not to say that the previous two albums were into the wilderness and, and what have you, but um, it's just different sounds. And this is like what I feel is her her foundation. Her um, every everything else can built be built off this. She wants to make a, a true pop album next time, so be it. But this is this is this is her center to me. And if you want to yeah. branch out and and really diversify yourself as an artist, I'm here for it. I got no problem with that. But the, these are songs I want to hear live. Midnight Daylight, maybe one or two. You know what I mean? It, like yeah. you said, not every artist is like every album has bangers, and you go see them and right. you hear every single album uh, song. But this album, even the ballad, I think there was a, the ballad. Um, at least the first one I'm thinking of. Um, I got to look at it. Do 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 is it late? Well, I think it's Little Hitchhiker. Yeah, because she goes yeah. from Good Time into into Little Hitchhiker. Yeah. Um. Even I thought that was good. You know, especially a transition. That's what I mean about the sequencing and song. I thought Mother Road was an interesting choice to lead, but then once you get through two through like six or seven, because it's a ten song album. Yeah. Well, nine songs, and then you have like a little interlude, right? Um. I think the second track is an interlude. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Truck Stop Angels. But yeah, I think it was sequenced really well from there on. And so if that's why they put Mother Road first, I get it. Because where, where would you interrupt that flow from Little Hitchhiker to Lady Vagabond to Rose Colored Review? I mean, all great songs. And yeah. going back to the rock and roll piece, I mean, there's some profanity in here. I'm just going to say it. So yep. you got kids in the car. Now you know. <laughs> Don't say we didn't warn you. That's right. That's right. I would, uh, I would on-ramp folks at a different point. Okay. I, I I would on ramp them with this. Oh, the Lion, Lion the Beast, Beast the Beat. Beat, such a good album. Yeah. So uh, 20, 2012, This was the Nocturnals' last record. Yes. yes. And here's why I would produced by Dan Auerbach from Black Keys. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's why. Here's where I would why I would say. I prefer the Nocturnal stuff to her post Nocturnal stuff. Mm-hmm. But if there's any song. The Grace has ever done that. Enca- it basically encapsulates her, right? If there's a song that encapsulates her or a song that grabs you by the balls, it's the title track, The Lion, the Beast. Oh, the yeah, Beast. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it starts starts slow, builds. It just, it's a bass drum and it just builds and, and it it is anthemic. It it is it is and it's the opening track on this record. So yeah, it goes right to ball busting mode right away. Boom. But, but it's great. Like it does build. Yeah. It starts kind of slow. And then she's kind of like, you know, like that starts with a little bit of a chorus and then, yeah. yeah and then, and a boom, 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 it's boom. And boom. And Oh, and it just, and it builds into this huge thing. And to see them do it live is insane. Fire. Yes. But there's also some songs in here that are incredible. There was a, the single was was stars and that got a right. fair amount of radio great air. Ballad, right? Great ballad, yeah. Great ballad about the loss of a loved one, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I love it. There are other albums that have a larger concentration of stronger songs, 
but that that would just to instantly grab you that I'm going to go there. Not my favorite Nocturnals record. If I had to go with my favorite, it's probably going to be this one here from 2007 called mm-hmm. This Is Somewhere. Not on vinyl, unfortunately. I wish right. it was, but this had some incredible stuff like Mastermind, my favorite Nocturnal song, Mr. Columbus, Big White Gate, which was a song she wrote about her grandmother on her grandmother's deathbed. Mm. And just, and it's about, you know, you're going up to heaven in a few minutes, and it's oh, just a heart wrenching but powerful, awesome song. Mm-hmm. Apologies, ain't no time. This is probably the the rockinest of the Nocturnals albums, I think, and it's it's phenomenal. But if you got to start somewhere, I'm going to tell people jump on with the Lion, the Beast. The well, Beast. and also again, she is a vinyl enthusiast. She is. Try, we are trying to get her here on Vinyl Penny Podcast, so there's still yep. room to, room to have that talk. But um, even on that album, there's that song Turntable, sexy as oh, hell. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just like open love. Put work. your needle in my groove. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of double entendres, but but no, I think um, yeah, as somebody, so that came out t- t- 2012, 2012. So I was only like maybe a year and a half into my re-emergence into vinyl myself, and you know you have an artist who makes a conscious choice to use that format, especially then there wasn't a lot of artists, you know, in the right. aughts, and, and even you know because that's a deliberate choice because you know everything's moving the stream, MP3 streaming, um, so you really have to have a passion or. Uh, a fondness for the format to say we need to release that on vinyl as well, and then also get your label to agree. Because I think wasn't that was were they on Fantasy? What, no, that like, was Hollywood Records. That Hollywood Records, yeah. Because then she went to Fantasy yeah. with the other albums, right? And yeah. I think it's where she is now. She's on the yeah. Fantasy, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, tip of the cap. I would take it off, but you see my bald head. But yeah, for, for those for those that are watching, the there's only two. Nocturnal studio albums on vinyl. There's this one which I just showed. Yes. The Lion, the Beast, the Beat. For those that are watching on YouTube, they'll see this. And then the self-titled release. Right, with the seven inch. Yep. Good luck trying to find either of these on vinyl, we should add. <laughs> they are very scarce. Yeah, well, but it goes exactly what we're talking about because you know they they told the label, hey, we won't put it. I don't know what the number is. I don't know if we'd ever find know. that out. But yeah, if if you're late to the Grace Potter party. And I was. I, I, I got Lion, the Beast, and the Beat when it came out on vinyl. So I was happy about that. I think it was an Amazon buy. But then trying to go and retcon and find the self-titled, I found it online at Electric Fetus in uh, I two Minnesota. Of them. <laughs> so. But yeah, they're they're hard to find and they're very expensive if, if you do find them. So. Oh, and, and, and the odds of them being repressed, again, talking about Probably not, since the Nocturnals have split up and there's some animosity between the founding members, who I believe are probably all equal rights owners in in the Nocturnals yeah, sure. catalog, right? For sure. So, but also, but also, what you said, kind of in the open of, of somebody, we definitely both of us feel could be, should be a bigger star than yeah. she is. I mean, again, she shared the stage with Stones, Robert Plant, all these artists. Yeah, and she's got the chops. She's got absolutely. She's got it. It's just for whatever reason. I mean, these are how careers go, right? She still, yeah. you know, can sell sells out amphitheaters and and sell out Red Rocks, you know. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely a solid career. But to what the way that you and I view the talent and the stage performance and the songwriting, like I, I you know, to me, why she's not one of these Super Bowl artists. I'm not saying like headline the Super right. Bowl, nothing like that. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, yeah. they have other artists on there, and you're just kind of like, huh? Eh. But like, she would literally become a star overnight. 
yep. with an audience, just one performance. And she's the type that could really seize it. You know, if you did Absolutely. a medley of some of these powerful yep. songs, just just take Lion, title track, Lion, Beast of the Beat, um, take Stars, if you want to mix it up a little bit, yeah. Paris, Ooh La La, yeah. uh, Medicine. Yeah. Um, and even if you go to Mother Road, like I said, those, those, those third, the second true song, Ready, Set, Go, Good Time, either of those would yeah. fall in that ilk of like, where, where has this gal been all my life? Exactly. Exactly. I'm assuming you, because you're a big fan like me, you probably have a fairly diverse Nocturnals collection. Is there something in there of yours that is sort of your, your, your cherished Nocturnals piece? No, I mean, you hit it. I mean, the, just they're all, I mean, even the stuff that they did for Record Store Day, like that one at Sun Studios, I've only seen that out in the wild one other time in the last few years since I've had it, I did buy it, you know, just because, you know, I'm going to flip it. But, um, but, but, but because like those are the artists who came out and released things on vinyl from let's call it 2007 to 2015. Those, the people who bought that were like the fans, fans, kind of like Pearl Jam fans. Cause you know, Pearl Jam's catalog was on vinyl too. And those fans gobbled all that up. And without a formal reissue, like you said, good luck trying to find it. Yeah. So, so, I, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, Kind of the story I talked about earlier. I'd say Lion, the Beast, the Beat, just because it was just cut so hot, and I still was learning speaker placement. To be honest with you, um, that one always just kind of sticks out. But I think to me, I, I know you, you prefer one over the other. I, I they're kind of a one A and one B to me. To be I honest, agree. With you. yeah, yeah, I agree. The one thing that I got that I'm so glad that I bought when it came out, bought it off their web store, and now. It just doesn't exist anywhere. Is this? And I don't even know if you've ever even seen that. Before. I haven't. So it's a seven inch. What is it? No, it's it's a CD. Oh, so okay. They 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 had they were going to start what they called the Volturnal series. So yeah, of course, a lot of artists do that. Vault, yeah. Nocturnals Vault Volume One. It was going to be a collection of live performances. They only ever released this one. This is the only one. Wow. And this Rare. is a show they did on August nineteenth, twenty thirteen at Tanglewood in Lenox, Massachusetts. It's a two CD. It's 22 songs. This show cooks. Mm. It is insane. Oh, yeah. It's just oh, yeah. a, it's, it's a double CD. I, other than when I bought it off the web store, I don't see it on Discogs. I don't ever see it for sale on eBay ever. If you can find one, their show is awesome. Okay. Well, so, I'm, I'm going to add to my CD list, but no, it goes to the point. The fan fans at that time they they gobbled it up. So good luck. You're paying you're paying the late to the party tax. You know there's the death tax when an yep. artist dies and then all their stuff goes up for an, a period of time. Late to the party tax is just as prevalent. If if you didn't catch them in that 2007 to 2015 window, you're gonna be paying for it. I know the answer to this question, but what's uh, what's your what's your Grace Potter Grail? <laughs> Hey, just rubbing it in my face. No, no, rubbing it in. Just, but just for you know, for for fans that might well, want to know. No, listen, you can go ahead and pull it out and show the visual part of this. But um, again, late to the party. Not, not even late to the party. I just wasn't connected enough to their catalog. But I bought Daylight, Standard Black. Yeah, Standard Black album. Um, didn't think anything of it. Found out year two. Hell, maybe three years later. It came out. There was a web store exclusive. Oh, stab me in the heart. Web store exclusive on this, what they're calling Tiger, I guess. Rob's showing it right now. It's it's kind of like this. It's almost like in Jurassic Park 
where they had the, the, the dinosaur DNA in that ember crystal. It's very similar to that color. It's beautiful, beautiful execution. So I find out about this and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go try to find one because I, I think it's a better execution than, you know, the black vinyl. Man, I had so much trouble trying to chase this thing down because however they merchandised it or however they set it up with, I think it was Red Star merchandise. I think it was the, the distributor. I think so. Um, you know, I ordered it. I was like, oh, because they had it on the website. Ordered it. I'm like, sweet, done deal. I get it. It's black. Contact them. Oh, we're sorry. We'll send you another one. Send it back. Guess what they sent me? Another black one. So so the, the catalog number wasn't accurate for whatever reason. And by the time, the third time of going through this with them came out, they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have any. So so then when you and I connected and we started talking about our fondness for Grace Potter, I don't know if it, you were talking about it, I was talking about no, it. No, you said to me, you were telling me how you just missed out on a Discogs purchase of the Tiger Eye vinyl. Yes, yes. I waited. And I'm like, and I said to you. Don't dilly-dally. Buy, buy first, ask questions later. And I said, I don't even recall there being a Tiger Eye vinyl. <laughs> and then I was downstairs here in my office later that day, and I thought, I wonder what mine is because I didn't remember and I bought it and I texted you and you're like, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's funny though, too, because I've seen that execution now from several other artists. So it's, I don't think they call it tiger eye or tiger blood or whatever, but it's interesting because I, to, to credit, I don't know if it was their decision, if it was the production facilities decision, but it's, it's a common color variant now, but yeah. yeah, again, late to the party tax, good luck trying to find it. And it's one of those things that, all the diehards picked them up. Yep. So like that story you just told, I, that was the only time I've ever seen it pop up on Discogs in the last two or three years. And I, I don't know why I didn't convert it. I forget I, it, what I, I might've asked a question. That's what it was. I sent the seller because I've been burned. I've been burned on the catalog number. So I sent them an email being like, can you please confirm this is the actual color? And then I waited and then it sold out from under me. Sold so yep. one of those things. The, yeah. what, what about you? Because um, I know we've talked about this, so just for the audience, um, if you had a wish list, because you showed a couple CDs of the earlier catalog, if they came to you and said, Rob, we can press one of those. Oh, boy. Which, which one could we press on vinyl that would make you the happiest fan? I have everything that they ever released on CD, on vinyl. I've got like the Day Trotter sessions on vinyl. I've I have that one EPN too. EPN yeah. put it out. I have it, with the exception of there's one EP called Live 05, which I don't. I have it digitally. I've never seen it for sale on CD, and I'm trying to find that. But mm -hmm. out of everything that, mm, boy, I think I'm again. I'm gonna go. This was their first album. Yeah, nothing so about the water. Yep. Nothing about the water, which is mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. But this is, which I mentioned earlier. This is somewhere. Uh, just because it's got my favorite song in there, Mastermind, and all the other songs in here are just phenomenal. I think this is the Nocturnal's best record. So if this could be on vinyl, holy man, would I be a happy fella. All right. So if anyone's listening to this from uh, those record labels or even Grace Yourself, which you should be listening to, Grace, I'd like it a lot. Uh, do us that, a solid. That, yeah. <laughs> do us a solid. Yeah. No, but even like if, if you. Going on, uh, I'm just on eBay right now while we're talking because it got me thinking. Because I've seen talking about rare pieces. Um, the, have you seen the seven inch uh, where they did the white rabbit cover? Or yeah. they, oh, so you have that one? Yeah, of course. 
I got there everything, was another- I, I know. I probably can't stump you on this one. I thought there was another seven inch that they did. Oh, There's yeah. Uh, Goodbye, Kiss. Yep. Yes, all right. Yeah. I'm not going to stump you on that. I got everything. The only, honest to God, the only thing that I don't have is Live 05. I've got all everything right. else. Live 05. Noted. I've even got the single on my wall for Aw Mary signed by the whole band. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. I got everything, man. I literally, I even have this, which I bet you don't even know exists. No, I'm sure I know. This was their coffee table book called Inside Looking Out, 10 Years on the Road with Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. <laughs> and I might add, hold on, signed by Grace Potter. Okay. We, look, we get it, Rob. You're a big fan. We get it. I'm super fan. <laughs> super, super fan. The, the fan. Numero uno fano over here. Number one. So, yeah. So, well, that was that was fun, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for chatting. Hopefully, we've given folks uh, some something to look into that maybe they hadn't heard about before. Yeah, go explore, stream it. I mean, go out there, kind of what we talked about. Jump on the new album, Mother Road. Yeah, a great listen. Uh, even go back to the Knox stuff, like we're talking about. I I, I would be hard pressed to think if you if you like that, like we keep calling it throwback rock. It's just rock and roll. It's sexy. It's raw. It's you know, songs with purpose, songs with intentionality. Um, but then also you got a little bit of that combustibility element like we talked about from J- Daisy Jones and the Six, the Mac, yep. all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd stream it. And then if you're trying to find a vinyl, like we said, good luck, good vinyl luck because they're hard to find. But you can get Mother Road. Mother Road's still out now. I would, you know, and there's various. There's a, there's a black vinyl. There's a yellow vinyl. There's an asphalt vinyl. They're out there. I got, I yeah. got the yellow, my yellow one signed, and then I got the asphalt one. Look at you! Awesome. No, I'm glad we could do this because we've been talking about this for a while. Even when we heard the new album was coming out, I was like, "Yeah, we need to we need to get together." But we wanted to listen to the new album because, yeah, I'm gonna be honest, new album had been trash. We probably wouldn't be doing this. So, right. all thanks to Mother Road being a good album. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that we decided to fall through on this one. For sure. For sure. Well, thanks, Chance, for joining me. Uh, Thank you, thanks, everybody, for tuning into this installment of the Vinyl Community Podcast. We'll catch you down the road. The mother road. The mother road. (laughs) And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.